Hey, welcome back to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Uh, Noel T. Manning II here with Matt Brunson from Creative Loafing and Connect Savannah. Uh, we're going to spend some time today talking about a, a new movie opening uh, this weekend. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's, uh, you may have heard of these Marvel films. They're, they're superhero genre films. Uh, Captain America, Civil War, uh, or as I like to call it, uh, The Avengers 2.5. Uh, opening in theaters this weekend. Uh, Matt, welcome, buddy. Glad to have you, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Hey, uh, you and I both got a chance uh, at an early screening uh, for this uh, film uh, earlier this week, and I uh, thought it would be a great time to, to spend some time talking about that movie and giving our feedback and our thoughts on that. And also, you know, maybe the Marvel Universe and, and superhero films as well, uh, wherever you want this thing to go. Um, why don't you dive in first and, uh, and, and share some, um, some background on this movie, uh, kind of where we are, where, you know, where we're starting in the story and, uh, and some of your thoughts. Okay. So it'd be like TV going previously on <laughs> Captain America. Yes. Uh, that's basically it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. If, if my timeline is right, let's see the last two we had were Avengers Age of Ultron and then Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So this is, I don't know, what, the 110th Marvel movie? Um, but uh, I haven't said that. I have to say it's probably one of the best. Um, I had a real good time with the movie. Uh, I was a big fan of the first Avengers, not nearly so much for Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, which had good individual scenes but was such such a bloated movie. I think this one is more in the spirit of the first one. It has tons of characters, but they give them all interesting stuff to do. They all work well together. Uh, as actors, not necessarily as characters, because obviously the whole plot is there's a lot of conflict between them. Uh, so it's a good time for the movie. Well, one of the things for me that's been interesting as I've watched what Marvel has done uh, in film is they've been able to thread this kind of continuous story throughout these 13 films uh, in, in one way or another. And that's, to me, that's a pretty difficult thing to be able to do and to be able to do well. And I think some of the films uh, within those those 13 have done it better than others. But mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the fact that they've been able to do it. So in, in many ways, you know, you're right. It is it is just another chapter in this in this Marvel saga. Uh, you mm-hmm. can call it Iron Man or, or Captain America or the Avengers or whatever that movie happens to be. But we're we're seeing this story just continue to to unravel, and and we're we're seeing new pieces fall into play, and um, you know the character development when you're able to do that in a series of film really does uh, does open it up a lot. What, what are your thoughts on that? As we've seen these characters develop on screen, uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, they have so much time to really develop these people, and um, it's like in this movie, uh, Scarlett Scarlett Johansson um, as Black Widow. That's been one of my favorite characters throughout this because she's always been one of the more interesting ones. She's obviously smarter than almost practically everybody. Uh, she's always good with the quiz. Uh, and in this movie, it's just she continues to to be an interesting character. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers, but she's the one that you know you're like you have all these heroes lined up on both sides, and you're kind of wondering where she's going to fall. And it's just interesting the way they play out her character in this movie. Yeah, and, and you get a chance to see her um, her decision on which way to go as far as which side to, to choose Iron Man or, or Team Team Iron Man or Team Cap. Um, mm-hmm. It's not an easy decision for her. No, it's not. And the good thing about this movie is uh, I think most people are going to side with one side. Right. And uh, 
but you, the good thing is you could see the point of view of the other side. You're like, well, okay, a lot of what they're saying makes sense. And it's interesting, too, that they set up dynamics at the beginning of the movie so you could see, like, oh, I can see why, you know, Iron Man has taken this position, Tony Stark has taken this position as opposed to the other one. Uh, so I thought there was some really smart scripting going on in this movie. That's one of the things about really good science fiction, really good uh, graphic novels, comic books, that you're able to do is you really are able to tell stories that can reflect in many ways reality or, or things that we as humans experience. And I think we've seen that play out in a lot of these Marvel films. It definitely plays out in this one. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a reflection of, of things that are actually happening and have happened in society as well. Yeah, and comics have always been good for that. I mean, I don't read them anymore, but as a kid, I was a huge comic book fan. Uh, and it's one of those things where I always enjoy the scenes where they're talking as opposed to fighting. And it's really the same thing with the movies. Um, that's part of my problem with Ultron is the first Avengers had great scenes with characters and great action scenes. Ultron, I thought, had really good scenes with characters, character interaction, but the action scenes I thought were a mess and looked really fake, especially that opening battle. And this one, I think, comes more closer to a balance. There's one fight that's supposed to be a really big fight. I think that one goes on too long. But other than that, I think they do a much better job of making the action interesting but still retaining the um, the personalities of the players as they talk to each other and argue with each other and so forth. Yeah, and I think that's a that's an interesting thing to do when you've got these characters uh, on screen uh, with the same actors playing them that uh, even with different directors, uh, they've been able to kind of hold on to their their personality. You still feel like you're watching the same people. Uh, of course, they're develop. You know, we talk about character development, and you're seeing them grow and change. That's happening, but you still like like Tony Stark. You know, we've seen him on screen as Iron Man. You know, how many times now? Um, I've, I've kind of lost count, but you still feel like it's the same guy. You know him, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think uh, the Russo brothers who have put this one together, uh, they're also uh, on target. I think for the next two. Uh, Avenger films as well, so it'll be interesting to see how they're able to continue to to make uh, make that happen, uh, and, and what they're able to continue to bring to this uh, you know to this superhero uh, Marvel Marvel franchise that just keeps on uh, keeps on unraveling. Um, yeah, you know, Infinity Wars. I'm gonna I'm you know we we had 13. I think there were 13 superheroes on film. Um, in this particular film, Infinity War, what like thirty-five or forty? Um, I think is what we're going <laughs> to yeah. see for the uh, for the next Avengers. Um, you know, the only the only thing missing from this one, you didn't have uh, the Hulk and Thor. I think they must have been having an arm wrestling match somewhere. But yeah. uh, but you know, other than that, this really was Avengers two point five because you even introduced uh, a couple of new characters as well. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and that's the interesting thing is in my mind, I keep thinking, is it Avengers Captain America? But it's kind of both because it's. It feels like an Avengers movie, but the point of view is still mostly Captain America's, and I think that's why it's a fair title to put on our Captain America Civil War. Uh, going forward, I'm just wondering about the, the solo movies, because now people are so used to having so many heroes that right. when you get like the next Thor or if, if they do another one, the next Hulk movie, and it's maybe just them, are people going to be like, well, this is kind of boring. There's only one hero, but uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Do, do you feel that uh, audiences, uh, or, or what? when do you think audiences will be burned out on the superhero films? We've got so many of them lined up for the next 10 years, really. <laughs> um, I don't, 
I don't think they are uh, just because, you know, it, it taps into the youth culture. And so the kids, you know, when they get older, then their kids are going to be, you know, right into this thing. And the fact that there have been so many advances in, in visual effects on screen, you know, that's why it's, it's really working now. If these, if these effects had been available a long time ago, I think we would have had this trend much earlier. Um, my super favorite superhero movie is still Superman from 1978, and that was definitely old school, but that was like the exception to the rule. The other superhero movies at the time were more like, you know, that Roger Corman's Fantastic Four that, right. you know, yeah. looked like it was made for $1.50 and um, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the fact that now we have the effect, that's going to keep this thing going. Yeah, and I, I think when we can uh, find ways to uh, to make them creative again, um you know, it's no surprise everybody knows that Spider-Man is going to make an appearance uh, in this mm-hmm. film, uh, Captain America Civil War. And and I'll say I was uh, reluctant going in, you know, talk about baggage. I mean, we've, we've seen Spider-Man rebooted, uh, you know, once. Mm-hmm. And, okay, here we are going to see him rebooted again. I was really reluctant on, on what I was going to think of this new uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But I was thoroughly impressed. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, I felt like I was watching a kid and that's exactly, mm-hmm. you know, what he was. He was a, you know, young teen. And so I, I I'm really excited to see where they're going to go with this. Yeah. He was a much better choice than, um, uh, Andrew Garfield in the, as I call him, the made, the amazing spider hipster. Because, <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. I just thought, why do you have a GQ model? Or yeah. Parker? That just doesn't make sense. So it's really exciting that they actually got somebody who's a teen who's gawky who's young, who talks a mile a minute. That yeah. makes for some funny gags in the movie. Um, so, yeah, I think the only thing uh, that might temporarily, you know, put a break on these type of things, as we saw with um, Spider Hipster, is that if the grosses aren't quite what they want, then, you know, they may pull the plug and then go in a different direction. And it's funny because, you know, those two movies were hits, huge hits. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Most movies would love to have those grosses, but since they were small compared to other superhero movies, it's like, well, we're going to have to reboot. So. Yeah, you know, we saw that uh, last summer uh, with the uh, Fantastic Four, talk about a reboot, where there mm-hmm. were these expectations for that film because they were saying, hey, this is going to be, you know, the launching a, of a new trilogy. And then mm-hmm. it just died on multiple <laughs> yeah. levels, you know, not just, uh, not just not making the money, but you know, it just, it was just, in my opinion, not a very good film. Um, no, not uh, at it, all. Not a very good film. Um, you know, I, even my, my, uh, my young son, uh, who goes with me to films, he was like, dad, that, that was just, that was pretty bad. I said, yes, Thomas, <laughs> yeah. you're right. You're right. Even with your young mind, that, you're right. You nailed it. That was pretty <laughs> bad. So, <laughs> It's, yeah. um, but the funny thing is, I didn't think it was worse than the other two earlier ones, which both made money. So yeah. go figure. Yeah, well, and it's it's kind of wild that you know, Chris Evans has been able to to make this uh, living off being a superhero for how many years now? You know, going from yeah. uh, the Human Torch to uh, to Captain America for the last uh, last decade. So not not too shabby for him. No, not at all. And Ryan Reynolds got lucky too, jumping from a failed DC property to, you know, this Marvel hit. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, you and I have not had a chance to talk, you know, talking about about superhero films. What are your thoughts on the the Batman-Superman film that was out uh, earlier in the spring uh, in in comparison to what we're seeing with uh, Captain America Civil War? I 
didn't hate Batman versus Superman or Batman v Superman. Uh, I was mixed on it. The one I really hated was Man of Steel, the one that came before. I just thought that was a terrible movie. Uh, so this one I thought was a step up. But yeah, it, it clearly doesn't touch the majority of these Marvel movies. And, you know, the DC fans are like, you know, well, they're grittier and such. And, I, well, one, I don't think that's necessarily true. There's a lot of angst in these uh, Marvel movies, and we've had some major deaths in these Marvel movies. Oh, I completely agree with you. I think everything from post-traumatic stress to seeing war uh, to seeing friends die in front of you to, to seeing friends turn on you, yeah, they've covered a lot of gritty topics. So, yeah, yeah. Marvel's, Marvel's been able to cover those as well. Well, and I think another difference, though, is the humor, because the, a lot of the DC movies are generally humorless, which is fine. I mean, I thought that worked great for the Dark Knight trilogy. Yep. Um, but other times it just looks like, you know, lighten up, go watch a sitcom or something. Uh, with the Marvel <laughs> movies, they, they don't make it jokey, but they have humor in it. They have jokes in it that, and, you know, usually they're pretty funny. The one, my favorite scene in Ultron was the one where they're all trying to pick up Thor's hammer. I mean, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, it was great. Um, yeah, the Captain America makes it wobble with Corey Thor. I mean, that was just a great moment. Uh, and I think the DC movies, the direction they're going, they wouldn't have moments like that. They would just all be grim-faced. Yeah, and and, uh, and I think it goes back to what Marvel, uh, the, kind of the long-term plans with Marvel was weaving, as, as, as I've said earlier, weaving these storylines together in some way that there's a, there are puzzle pieces. And they all really find a way to fit together, forming this much bigger picture of what's happening and what we're supposed to know that's happening. So here's the big question, Matt. Giving this a grade, if you're going to give uh, Captain America Civil War a, a report card rating uh, A to F, uh, where, would you, where would you place that and, uh, and, and why? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I still have to write my review, but I'm leaning towards a three and a half out of four. Okay. Um, just, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. That's the same rating I gave the first Avengers, um, and then Ultron I'd given two and a half. Um, so this is definitely a step up and back in the right direction. Um, and it's, like I said, it's just, it does a great job of balancing all these characters out. And, um, and it's got some, you know, relevant themes too about the whole thing about the loyalty and government overreach and uh stuff like that so it, yeah it's, it's a real good time for movies yeah i uh, i gave it an a minus uh, I'm, I'm with you it really did uh click with me much like the first avengers did and i, I loved uh you know some of the the humor was wonderful um but you know things like uh, revenge collateral damage uh, mm-hmm. you know, making choices that you feel are the right choices, but then the collateral damage that comes from that sometimes um, it falls back on you. How do you handle that? Um, yeah. You know, compromise, you know, standing up to your principles. I mean, all those things kind of play into it. I thought the music, uh, Henry Jackman's music was wonderful as well. I thought it really, mm-hmm. really uh, provide a, a great support uh, for that. Um, and, and the introduction of the new characters, we talked about, uh, talked about Spider-Man, but, uh, Black Panther, you know, I enjoyed seeing Black Panther on screen. Oh and, yeah, that was uh, terrific. And, you know, we saw, and it was, it was interesting, you know, we've got three of these characters, um, three African-American characters, um, uh, as part of this, as part of this, this movie, which was pretty, pretty wonderful, uh, to see that as well. So just, uh, just kind of an added bonus there, I thought. Yeah, Samuel Jackson, you know, he should have come back for this one, too. Exactly. It's kind of weird having a, having a superhero movie and Nick Fury's not around. Yeah. I guess he was on vacation. Yeah, he's but. hanging out with, I guess he's the uh, ref for the uh, Hulk and the Thor wrestling match or something. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess so. That might be it. Well, Matt, we've got a ton of superhero films coming out over the course of the next few months uh, leading through the summer. What are some of your thoughts on that? And uh, maybe what are you hoping for? Well, I think... 
looking at the slate, it's going to be another big summer. Um, my worry always, like most people or, or most critics, is, you know, little films getting pushed out. But, um, you know, usually if they're really good, they're going to find an audience, even if it's a small audience. You know, you're going to have your movies like uh, Before Midnight and such that it wasn't going to have a, you know, $80 million opening anyway. But, you know, with the great reviews and such, people are going to seek it out. So I'm sure there'll be a couple of movies like that this summer. Awesome. Well, uh, Matt Brunson, our guest here on this uh, this segment of Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. We appreciate you listening. You can find Matt at uh, Creative Loafing in Charlotte. Also, connect Savannah. Uh, what's that website again uh, for your uh, for your films for the uh, Charlotte Creative Loafing? Oh, it's uh, www.clclp.com and then slash uh, film. We are not finished yet. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with more on Cinema Scene. Uh, after the break, Dr. Travis Langley will be back to talk about his new book that covers uh, the very topic of Iron Man versus Captain America. That's coming up uh, in just a couple minutes right here on Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. Located in the foothills of the North Carolina mountains, Gardner-Webb's 200-acre campus provides the perfect backdrop for academic development, reflection, recreation, and personal growth. Gardner-Webb's Department of Fine Arts offers degrees in music, music education, sacred music, performance, composition, art, and art education. More information is available at gardner-webb.edu. Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Noel T. Manning II here, as always, talking movies. Uh, this week, got a special guest, uh, Travis Langley. Dr. Travis Langley uh, is uh, an editor, he's a psychologist, he's a superhero fan extraordinaire, and, and much more, much more than that. Uh, but uh, this week, we're, we're fortunate to have him on uh, talking about uh, the book Captain America vs. Iron Man Freedom, Security, and Psychology. Uh, forward uh, on this book by uh, Stan Lee, and if anybody's a superhero mm-hmm. fan, they know that name. Dr. Langley, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me here. Well, Dr. Langley, uh, a, a lot of talk, um, a lot of energy uh, surrounding uh, the new uh, film Captain America Civil War in this book. Perfect timing, by the way, uh, for that. Uh, this book covers a lot of different aspects of things that we see in the movie, but things that uh, that for you really started uh, years ago with, uh, with the graphic novels and, uh, and even more than that. Talk about why you wanted to do this book, and then I'd like to dive into a little bit about uh, some of the things covered in the book. Well, I mean, I have been a fan of these characters my entire life. Uh, you know, these two in particular, Captain America and Iron Man, it's not just an accident that they are the ones who become the foundation for this Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, Iron Man introduced people to a story that was very believable, grounded in reality, no magic, no real superpowers. We understood this guy developing this technology and, and the very human qualities to this character, the trauma he, that he goes through in his origin and he's captured and held captive. While most of us aren't going to be held captive right. in a cave in a foreign country, we do understand people going through some kind of severe trauma and then reassessing life and growing from that. And 
Captain America, the other side, you know, he's he's the wimpy guy who volunteers for an experiment to become, you know, a, a hero. So both of these guys, they decide, I shall become larger than life. They're not aliens. They're not some kid who got lost during a, a field trip and got bitten by a spider. They decided, <laughs> I shall become something more. Yeah, there's something very human about both of those, and that's something you talk about, and and, uh, and the writers uh, with this book talk about as well. And you've got some great writers who have uh, submitted uh, to this book, Captain America versus Iron Man. And there is this human element that I think that really sets these two apart from so many. And talk about what it is about that that fascinates you so much. Well, I mean, I've always been fascinated in heroism itself, real-life heroism and fantastic heroes. What does it take to get somebody to step up and do the right thing? You know, what does it take for somebody to decide, I shall not put up with, you know, this terrible thing going on? And, and these two in particular, they, they represent it in, the, in their origins and their, their ongoing behavior, you know, so well. I, I mean, the names themselves are iconic. You know, Captain America and Iron Man, people get these kind of things for nicknames. Right, yeah. You know, because yeah. of their attitudes and their behavior. And, you know, people run Iron Man competitions. So, you know, each of these carry kind of an iconic name, but with a very human character. Captain America was not the first superhero dressed in a flag, but he was the one who emerged from the pack, you know, and and has endured for 75 years, you know, because he had these human qualities. He had the, this depth that became even deeper in the early 60s when Stanley revived the character and killed off his boy sidekick and had him, and then had him become a man out of his time. So there became this additional level of depth in the character. Well, that's you know, what Stan's interest in these things and part of how you know I got. Stand to write a forward for us. You know, he, he never studied psychology in and of itself, but he wanted to bring this humanity and this complexity of character, you know, to the comics at a time when you know superhero characters in particular were pretty flat elsewhere. You know, Stan was getting tired of telling the same stories over and over. He was ready to quit, and he said, "Okay, I'm just I'm going to tell the kind of stories I want to write. I'm going to." bring in some heroes with angst. I'm going to bring heroes with regrets, people who squabble like a family and worry about paying their bills. And it was incredibly successful. You know, and here we are, over 50 years after that decision of his, still talking about these characters. Yeah, and, and there's something that he mentions in his foreword that I'll, I'll bring out, which I think was very interesting and, and caught me. He was talking about uh, Captain America in particular, and the Captain America was always this uh, this character of second chances. He wanted to, uh, even if you were a villain, he, he always saw that there was maybe some good in you. And, uh, and I think that's a really interesting thing that we have also seen that also show up in uh, in the films as well, especially in this one. You truly see it in this, in this film uh, that's open out. Yeah, Captain America has this optimism about human nature, where Iron Man is a bit more cynical about human nature. He's distrusting in a different way. And Captain America does not trust the system. He doesn't trust, you know, organizations. Of course, in the movies you've seen, you know, he's been dealing with, you know, a government and shield that have been corrupted by Hydra. In the comics, there's a storyline in the 70s where he fights this secret empire that yeah. turns out to have been run by Richard Nixon. Yeah, and yeah. so... Yeah, so he doesn't trust the system, but he, he trusts basic human nature more than Iron Man does. Iron Man is more cynical about basic human nature. Yeah, this, uh, this book uh, covers everything from looking at morality and what is morality and what does it mean to different people, to, uh, to egos and how that plays a role, to choices uh, of, of, of you know, freedom 
and uh, responsibility. There's so many different layers that are covered within this book. This book is something that I think can appeal, uh, as, I've, as I've read through it, uh, Dr. Langley, it can appeal to academics, it can appeal to superhero fans, and it can appeal to others. Who are you hoping will pick this book up and, and read it? What are your hopes? Uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I, I, I know that sounds a, a, a little silly, but no, it is. I mean, it was very important to me that we are talking to whoever is interested, because we're all interested in psychology, whether you use that word or not. We all ask questions of why did that person do that? What it what is bringing out you know this unhealthy behavior or healthy behavior? So uh, Stan touches on that in his foreword too. But he didn't study psychology formally, but you know he thinks we're all interested in this intuitive psychology. And so I, I was going through, sometimes I would have to remind some of the people contributing uh, to the books, it's like you're not writing for other academics. Right. You're not writing for professors. It's like if the other academics like it, that's great, but I'm more interested in the general audience, the people who don't already know some of these things about psychology. So we're taking these characters and stories that we love, and we're using them to talk about the psychology that fascinates us too, taking it out to people who don't know, you know, about these things quite as well. That's yeah. our first interest. Well, you know, graphic novels and, um, and superhero films, sci-fi films, have always been able to touch on the realities of life, but doing it in a different way. Um, and and mm-hmm. having that be able to appeal to audiences because it's real, but at the same time it's, a, it's a, almost fantasy, but you can relate to it. Um, what you... yeah, yeah, there's this phrase I've got for that. I refer to this filter of fiction. Yeah. You are filtering reality through a fiction, especially the fantastic fiction. You know, like Star Trek in the 60s. Right. We had a Star Trek book coming out later this year. But okay. Star Trek in the 60s could get into social issues and prejudice in ways that other shows on TV were not yeah. because they weren't talking about real races. They were talking about aliens. Exactly. And then people could step away from their own biases a little and hear the message. Well, uh, I know we're about out of time. We've got just a couple minutes left. Uh, Dr. Travis okay. Langley, our guest uh, for this segment of uh, Cinema Scene, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk with us about Captain America and Iron Man, the new book, Captain America versus Iron Man, Freedom, Security, and Psychology. Uh, I want to give you a chance to say some final thoughts, some final words, uh, if you would, anything you want to make sure our listeners uh, hear about these characters or about the book. Well, I think the final thought simply is like these characters, they're having a fight. They're, they are, they're possibly both in the right. And it's like the issues of freedom and the issues of security, and they're each trying to do the right thing. And, and that is, of course, tragedy, too, when good versus good. But the important thing is that you know, even if people can't find the definite answer, that they keep working on it, uh, that they continue to try to figure out what is the right thing to do uh, without giving up. And I think that's the ultimate lesson with superheroes is persistence in doing the right thing. Well, Dr. Langley, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, uh, talking about Captain America and Iron Man. Definitely going to be the talk for the next few weeks, that's for sure, with Captain America Civil War in theaters. And uh, it, I really call it uh, Avengers 2.5. Uh, I, I got an early screening of it. So, uh, yeah, get, get, get ready for a lot of action, a lot of mayhem, but also a lot of, uh, a lot of things that you cover in this book that, uh, that, that shine through on the film. I really hope we can have you back sometime. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more when we've got, uh, got a good half hour to just kind of chat about 
about characters and superheroes and sci-fi and Star Trek, as that's going to be coming back uh, up as well. And that does wrap things up for this edition of Cinema Scene right here on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I want to thank uh, Dr. Travis Langley. And in our first segment of the show, we had Matt Brunson from Creative Loafing and Connect Savannah. We appreciate him as well. You can always check us out on WGWG.org. You will find all of our archives that are downloadable as well just by clicking the link. And until next time, for Cinema Scene, I'm Noel T. Manning II. For WGWG.org, Gardner Web University Radio, that is a wrap.